0: The field itself is male dominated, but like I said before, it is in high demand and short supply. And particularly women's perspectives can change the world. And I'm not saying that because I'm biased, but it truly can. I mean, there's this typical example of crash test dummies. So Typically, companies, auto companies use male form crash test dummies in order to test their cars. And at the end of it, it was making men more safe and not women in in their bodies. So that's kind of the different, the scenario that I apply to this field is that our perspectives change things. Our perspectives can change the way models are built, can change how companies find new consumers, it can change opportunities for everybody.
1: Hey everybody, I'm Julie, and welcome to Women With Cool Jobs. Each episode will feature women with unique, trailblazing, and innovative careers. We'll talk about how she got here, what life is like now, and actionable steps that you can take to go on a similar path or one that's all your own. This podcast is about empowering you. It's about empowering you to dream big and to be inspired. You'll hear from incredible women in a wide variety of fields, and hopefully some that you've never heard of before. Women who build robots and roadways, firefighters, C-suite professionals surrounded by men, social media mavens, entrepreneurs, and more. I'm so glad we get to go on this journey together. Hey everybody, this is Julie and welcome to another episode of Women with Cool Jobs. So today I'm super excited to introduce Heidi Cronkright. She is a data scientist who works for Data Lab USA and she works in predictive analytics, which means she helps companies and organizations to predict the future using massive amounts of data. And the incredible thing about her job is that It takes a very, very particular set of skills to be excellent in this career, including basically loving to put puzzles together, critical thinking, being really excellent at math, and also enjoying the process of going through things, trying new things, and seeing what happens and making tweaks. And she is really, really skilled in these areas And it's fascinating to think that this is a growing field. So if you're really good at math or you like programming or you like to critically or really, really talented in that, this is such a good field for you to consider. If you know someone, it's a really good field to consider and it is growing and it needs more women. Heidi actually contacted me because she heard about the podcast and she's really interested in getting more women into this field because 90% of her colleagues are men and only 10% are women. And it's really, really important to think about what does it mean to have a woman who is Asking questions, creating models, then, you know, looking at future trends and women have a different interpretation of things. We ask different questions. We look at things different ways than men. And how would adding more women into this field? shift some of the things that um that we see or that are happening. And for instance, an amazing example that she gives here of the importance of having more women as data scientists is the idea of when you look at car safety, all of those crash tests, the dummies are based on men and men's bodies. And so it was made to be as safe as possible for the crash test dummies, which are based on men. And so that does not have the same results for women. And so it's just really interesting to think about what does it mean to have a diversity of people contributing to data science, into analyzing, into creating. Because as Heidi points out, which is so interesting to think about, she believes a data scientist should be at every company because there are so many applications for this. And so she works particularly with people who are looking to solve solutions such as they are looking to have more customers who are willing to pay more for products. So they're finding their best customers and they're trying to optimize that. Or they're trying to answer a question about, how can I get more people who know about a certain product? How can I find more people? And so she's answering those types of questions in in somewhat of a marketing sense. But there's all sorts of applications for data scientists and where they can work and how they can work and what they can think about and the solutions they can find. And it's really, really such a neat field. It's growing and there's constantly being innovation. And so this was really, really fascinating for me to be able to participate in this conversation. And I hope that you find it really valuable to think about how data is being used and what the possibilities are not only for now, but for our future. And this is such a a cool, cool career track to go down. So thank you so much for listening as always. If you haven't checked out the new website yet, go do that, please. It's womenwithcooljobs.com. And take a look. I've got new merchandise on there, including t-shirts, canvas tote bags, mugs. And another free way that you can help support Women With Cool Jobs is to go and leave a review and leave a rating. It means so much and it helps me spread the word about Women With Cool Jobs and how incredible women are and what we are doing right now. Thank you for your time. Thank you for being here with me. And thank you, as always, for listening. Hi, Heidi. I'm so glad that you are here with me today. Thank you. Hi. Yeah. Thanks
0: for having me.
1: You are a data scientist working in predictive analytics. So, basically, in a nutshell, you help predict the future by combining historical data with statistical modeling, data mining techniques. And machine learning and so overall this process allows you to help companies use big data to identify risks and also opportunities so i'm really excited to get into the details of this because i think This is such an emerging field, and I love that you are one of the few women who are working in this field right now because it's highly male-dominated. Yes, for sure. The world needs more female data scientists,
0: so I'm excited to, to be doing what I'm doing and also encourage those around me to explore this field and all the potential opportunities there as well.
1: Yes. And there's so much. So let's get into just kind of the basics first of what it is you do. So how would you describe your job and what you do?
0: I feel like data science as a whole can really encompass a very broad uh, set of details. And so me in particular, I specialize in predictive statistics. So companies give us their data and we dig through it in every possible way to find answers for them, answers for maybe some issues that they're having or some goals they have in mind. Really, every single day I'm working at the computer, either building models, diving deep into uh, specific data sets, utilizing maybe some more niche data sets for our clients. My job relies around a lot of data.
1: And I want to go back a little bit, you know, and, and talk about how did you get into this field? Like, what was your education? Like, what was your degree in and cover that? Because I I think it's something that I was curious about, like, Ooh, like what, what kind of degree do you have? What kind of education do you need? Is your path typical or do your colleagues who work with you and have similar jobs have, have different experience. So if you could speak to that a little bit.
0: So I have a bachelor's degree in economics. My senior year, I was actually introduced to predictive modeling. Statistics is a very common theme throughout all of your economics courses throughout your college degree, but econometrics in particular is something that was introduced to me late in the game and I just clung to it. My senior year, I took every econometrics course I could. And I knew that that was what I wanted to specialize in after graduation. Okay, And I do just have a a bachelor's. A lot of my colleagues have master's. However, in this field in particular, master's degrees are great when it comes to kind of advancing that critical thinking skill. But I do know a lot of people who can be successful here with just a bachelor's degree. I know for me, it was a choice between, man, do I take out further student loans and see what this, what kind of doors a master's degree could open? Or do I step out into the workforce and start honing my skills? And yeah. I chose the second option. A lot of my colleagues go the first option and they are Beyond successful, so either way, you can find a a great career path.
1: Okay, and will you explain econometrics? Like, what what is that? Because I know, like you, you were in love with it and fell in love with it. So, will you just give us like the layman's terms version of what that means? Econometrics,
0: to me, the way that I define it is predicting the future. So, predictive statistics and econometrics, both of those terms kind of mean the same thing i know if you ask like an uh, an experienced econometrician they will be like heidi what are you talking about <laughs> it's completely different <laughs> But my training in econometrics only went so far as to the predictive analytics side and kind of the theory that encompasses predictive statistics.
1: What is a day in your life? Or if that's too difficult to explain, like what is a week in your life like? And what are the, the examples of tasks that you typically work on? And what colleagues do you work with? What companies do you typically work with?
0: Sure. Sure. So a day might can, can be kind of all over the board. So a typical week for me involves a few different things. The level I'm at right now, sometimes I do build models. Uh, I, I built a lot more models right out of college. I was probably building, I don't know, 100 models a week maybe. Wow. Yeah. Okay. But now the level that I'm at now and the company that I'm at now, we... We typically say six to eight weeks to build a complete model. And within that process, you're building hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of different iterations of these models. So a typical week, you know, depending on where I'm at in the six to eight week process, is refining a model build. Along with that, I'm typically diving deep into a customer database or a data source that I'm utilizing to build the models. And diving, by diving deep, I mean looking for red flags, looking for trends and patterns. How can I view this data from as many different perspectives as possible in order to find some sort of element that answers whatever question I'm working on? So a lot of it is just looking at data in various ways, shapes, and forms every right. day.
1: And by model, will you explain in a very basic way, like when you say you create a model, what does Mm -hmm. that mean? Or like, what does that entail for people who may not like me (laughs) have ever seen a model and don't really know like how it's used or what it looks like per se?
0: So there are many different forms of modeling. Your basic model that you kind of start learning by is with linear and logistic regression. And the the complexity there only increases. So linear and logistic regression all the way up to neural networks and gradient-boosted decision trees. Right now, I utilize a gradient-boosted decision tree methodology for building models. So
1: will you describe for us what do you mean by building a model. For those of us who've never either seen a model or we might not know the details of what that entails, will you kind of give us an idea? Sure. So in the
0: most basic sense, uh, a model is when you have either a single variable or multi-different variables predicting the outcome of a dependent factor. So how you, how those variables interact and change, how does that outcome change? And the, the most basic level of modeling is called linear and logistic regression and okay. the complexity can go up from there. So for instance, I'm going to predict the size of the house that I'm going to buy next. Okay. And there are multiple variables going into that. One of them is how many kids do you have? The next one is what is your income like? Other factors could include what is the standard weather patterns in the area? All of those interact to predict what the next house you might be interested will look like. And as those variables change, you know, you have no kids or you have four kids or your income doubles or triples or drops to nothing, then the outcome of that, the house that you may go buy next will look completely different. Right. And so that's what a model is. It's utilizing all these different factors and they all work together to predict one outcome. If I find a new data source that I think could benefit my client, I will start fresh and and review exactly like what that data source
1: is and how valuable the the potential could be. So I would love for you to actually take us through an example of what you do so we can kind of get a sense of what the process is and how you help customers. Yeah.
0: So uh Imaginary company could be Lila's Travel Center and their premise is selling vacations. And they come to us and say, okay, this is everyone we have over the last two years who has bought a vacation through us. Help us identify more people within the U.S. that we could Market to in order to build up our customer base or make more profit, whatever their goal may be. And first thing I do is clean up the data. And after that, I append data sources. And so usually I start with six to eight different data sources. And from there, I'm able to start building models. And once I have attributes appended, that's when I can really see what their customers look like. So what behaviors they exude, what characteristics, define their lifestyles, everything and anything you think of in order to kind of pin down who I think would be the best in the U.S. for them to market to. Okay. And once I have the model built, I can then match it to the rest of our consumer data and and provide a list of people for this company. You can actually target households with a TV commercial, which is um, not something I knew was even possible before starting this job. So that's kind of how our clients utilize the data and getting there is is my job. So from the time we get the data in our house to when those additional names leave. For the client, anything and everything in between there is done by me and a handful of developers and client services team members, everyone working together in order to build this program and expand on it as much as the
1: client wants us to. Thank you so much for walking us through some of those details. And, you know, as far as you mentioned working with some of your colleagues, mm-hmm. like, could you explain who do you work with besides the client? Sure. So I work with so many different like experts in
0: this field. It is so difficult to be able to maneuver within vast amounts of data and uh, developers and programmers really help make that more seamless for us in analytics. And they also build the data architecture behind the scenes in order to make sure that we can find the data we need to as fast as possible. And in order to get the client, the data that they need as fast as possible, they're really the the drivers behind the wheel of of the entire program.
1: And then so I want to ask you what are your you know favorite parts of your job and what are some of the harder parts of your job. Yeah, that's a good question. My favorite
0: part of my job hands down is modeling. Okay. I do love building, you know, custom highly complex models as much as possible and It's just so fascinating because every model I build is different. Every day is different when you build different models, but it's all just very fascinating to me. And I love being able to, you know, find new techniques or hone my skills in a different way. Maybe bounce ideas off my colleagues. Every model teaches you something new and you know, that it's just exciting being able to build these models. I know it's a lot of math and it's a lot of critical thinking and can kind of be overwhelming, but at the end of the day, the day flies by when I'm building models. And I love that. That's awesome. The hardest part, gosh, there's a lot of difficult parts when it comes to working (laughs) in analytics. Sometimes I get these ideas in my head and of how I want something to look and how I want a solution to unfold and getting there can be really tricky, whether it's um, a coding issue or perhaps like an infrastructure problem within the data itself. That I think when I have limitations, either with the data I'm working with or with my own personal knowledge, that's when things get a little too hard. And luckily I'm surrounded by, you know, some of the best and brightest in this industry and we're always bouncing ideas off each other. So that's a, that's a really great part as well, but it does get difficult when you kind of don't know, you know, the solution, but you don't know how to get there.
1: Yeah. Cause it's almost like knowing what the puzzle should look like overall, but you don't know, the pieces or how to fit them together? Yeah. I
0: often refer to like data science as puzzle building because it really is, you know, putting pieces in the right spots.
1: Yeah. Thinking about what you've done and our conversation that we've had, it's like you are so skilled in, in really being analytical and critical thinking, but also in putting together the pieces with like missing gaps and figuring out like, okay, well, what's, what's the story or like, what's the information telling me or probably like what other information do I need to look at or to bring in to make better sense of this?
0: That's a really good observation. Just recently, actually, I had been working with this client for over a year and The results that we were getting were not what I was expecting to see. It's not what I predicted because there was a missing data. There was just a piece of missing data that I did not have and we didn't have as a company that I couldn't provide. And I knew that that piece would be the game changer for this client, but we just didn't have it until finally I was able to kind of wrangle it up and come to an agreement um, between different data providers in order to get that. And now their results are through the roof. So it's, it really is sometimes identifying what you don't know.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Such an interesting field that you work in, because I feel that you've probably considered so many more factors or things that like most of us may not even know to think about, you know, like, just there's the obvious things like, the demographics of age or household income, but just like the depth and the breadth of information that you have access to that you're analyzing is insane. Yeah. There's so much more
0: detail and depth around every bit of data that we have that most people don't even realize. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's so fascinating. And that's part, part of why I love doing what I do is because I just love learning. And, you know, you can learn so much from this job.
1: Yeah. And I think it's, it's interesting. And I, I want to ask you because, you know, it's like you have the field of big data, which I'm just sort of learning, you know, exists and all this stuff. When you're doing these models and when you're creating these results for clients, like, how do you ensure that you're doing it in a really, I guess, a, a good way? Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of,
0: People have those reservations at first, like, wow, you have that much data. How do you know if what you're doing is even okay? And I will say that the company I work for has a very high standard of conduct when it comes to the data we utilize. We hold every data scientist and employee in in general to a very high degree of like a moral compass in order to not utilize the the data incorrectly. We also have a lot of like architecture in place to keep people's information safe. That's one of the biggest highlights of being able to work with data like this, knowing that we have some of the best security um, in the world, protecting our data as well as you know every consumer, okay, out there. And at the end of the day, we do get our data sources from other providers, so they're sharing it with us, but we are able to maintain it in in a way that doesn't kind of overstep any boundaries. And there are laws also in place that kind of protect different consumers f- from their data being misused.
1: Yeah, which is great. And I think, you know, even when we're talking, like that's why we're using scenarios versus actual, Mm -hmm. you know, examples, which I appreciate because you want to make sure that that those details are being used in a a good way.
0: (laughs) Yes, for sure. Yeah. And and yeah, that's kind of what makes it tricky is because I'm kind of I'm tiptoeing around
1: a lot of
0: this stuff in order to just maintain as much privacy as possible.
1: And it's really interesting too, because I think it's, it's one of those careers that is, you know, what you're doing is possible because of where we are in history and technology and the advancements that we've made and just like computers where they're at and what we're able to do with it and so it's like one of those interesting balances of the really amazing pros of being where we're at but also bouncing with that with the new responsibilities that are that are attached with those um, oh, new yeah. techs that are developed absolutely and
0: you know econometrics predictive statistics has been around for a long time but okay. right now is so crucial because I feel like every other week there's a new innovation within the industry. And it's just so exciting. The possibilities are endless with a job like this and in this field.
1: That sounds really amazing. And for you, like, What is it like to be a woman? Because I know you said it was about 90% men, 10% women in this field. And Mm -hmm. the fact that you were trying to train and develop more women to get interested in this field, to know that it even exists in the first place. And I would love for you to speak to that a little bit about specifically, like, why is this a really amazing opportunity for women to be in this career? Mm -hmm. And then I would love to cover like specifically how can women start to get their foot in the door? The the
0: field itself is male dominated, but like I said before, it is in high demand and short supply and particularly women's perspectives can can change the world. And I'm not saying that because I'm bias but it truly can i mean th- there's this typical example of crash test dummies so typically companies auto companies use male form crash test dummies in order to test their cars and at the end of it I, it was making men more safe and right. not women in in their bodies so that's kind of the different the scenario that i apply to This field is that our perspectives change things. Our perspectives can change the way models are built, can change how companies find new consumers, it can change opportunities for everybody. And that perspective is severely lacking right now. So yes, this is a a field that's in high demand and low supply, but the female perspective in particular is in even more demand and even less supply. <laughs> so that being said, you know if you have any sort of interest at all in, in math or puzzles, <laughs> then <laughs> this is something you should pursue, whether that be just taking some additional math classes in college or diving deep into learning code. You know, learn how to code in SQL. There's uh, Python, pandas, anything. There's a lot of um, various programs out there. SQL is pretty much what I use. I know it's really popular among companies still, but Python is gaining speed in terms of popularity. And it's just throw yourself out there. Do a data bootcamp. There's so many options for learning some of the skills that are required for this job in short amount of time
1: are Python and SQL; those are those are uh, programming programs. language. Yep. Okay, and I wanted to ask too. You know, for women who are listening to this, and perhaps they didn't get a degree in economics, mm-hmm. is there another avenue to going into this field? Whether it's just maybe taking these types of programming courses or going through and taking some additional math classes is that an option for oh, getting qualified?
0: Yes, absolutely. In fact, my degree of economics is a little bit rare. I think okay. the reason I'm as successful as I am in this field is because I really clung to the econometrics aspect of my degree whereas a lot of people in economics are straight theory or you know they go on to various other fields. It's a very multidimensional degree. But, you know, you could be a math major, a stats major. uh, You could be a computer science major. That's very, very helpful for being in this industry. Even if, you know, you were a science major that was inclined to more advanced math classes, that's something too. Or you had a degree, but it's maybe not relevant, but you've done some, you know, short six-week, eight-week data boot camp type of things that could definitely get your foot in the door.
1: Okay. That's great to know. And I like that there are lots of opportunities with different backgrounds to get mm-hmm. into this or to have a chance to, you know, maybe switch from something you're doing. And if you hear about this and be like, that's amazing, it sounds so yeah. cool uh, that people can kind of make that transition and that there's the opportunity there to do so. And with that being said, what do you think is, a way or different ways people can go about looking for opportunities, whether it's looking for keywords in a Google search Mm -hmm. or going through, you know, like, are there professional associations? What, What would you suggest for people who want to get more information about this field and how to step into it?
0: A Google search is always going to be like the quickest, easiest way. But one thing I would recommend is reaching out to people on LinkedIn, you know, maybe there are people, you know, within the industry that you are able to connect with and ask them about their experiences. Maybe reach out to your local community college, see if they have any sort of short programs or uh, something like that, or or recommendations. Um, Definitely just overall networking, I think can, can really lead you down the right path.
1: And what do you think would people look up like specifically data scientists? Is that the best terminology to use?
0: Yeah, I think so. Data scientists or statistician, you could, you know, any sort of stats courses are going to be your best friend when it comes to
1: analytics. And what about different organizations? Are there sort of key organizations that you belong to or that you know of that people could also maybe look at, gather a little bit of information from? Yeah. You may have heard of Lean
0: In. Um, So Lean In is a really prominent nonprofit that helps women step further into their fields or out of their fields or just advance in their careers, however they want to. And so I would say Lean In hosts many different workshops, probably monthly in every city, in every state. But yeah, that's, I would look for local um, Lean In group meetings. There's also women in data science conferences that happen. I know there's one coming up in the spring at Stanford that happens every year. And that can be really useful for connecting and being able to network and drive those ambitions as much as you can.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Those are great suggestions. Thank you. And I know I wanted to ask you too, as far as women specifically, Mm -hmm. what do you think has allowed you to be so successful in this career and what recommendations might you have for other women who are interested in getting their foot in the door or who are maybe, you know, in this career, but they want to continue to gain more responsibility, to move up, to continue learning.
0: Yeah. I'd say the two biggest things, attention to detail and critical thinking. So every red flag you see, every question you have speak up, say it. Don't let your assumptions drive your ambitions because that's not going to get you very far. If you see something that seems questionable or you see some inkling of an opportunity there, chase it and chase it as hard as you can. And if it fails, it fails, but at least You've done the due diligence in chasing it. And and I think that can earn you quite a bit of respect as well. You know, attention to detail in particular, like that is a a huge skill that a lot of people tend to let slip over time. Don't let it slip. Keep grinding and put your foot down if you have to, you know, make your voice heard and make sure people listen.
1: I love that. That's such good advice. I love what you said about failure it's something that i'm trying to get better at <laughs> and better at being okay with and and you know say it's it part of a process so i i love that you mentioned that and i i think in particular in relation to what you do because you are constantly trying to figure out puzzles that you know all the pieces aren't necessarily there or yeah. um, they're probably very You're confusing not
0: Right. You are not going to find the best solution every day, the first time, all the time. You are going to have a lot of bumps in the road or maybe chase down questions or paths that lead you nowhere. But in the end, you still learn from it. And it's still like a a very, it's a learning experience. And it's it's all part of like training and being a great data scientist. Mm. You can learn just as much in your failures as you
1: can in your successes for sure. I love that. That's such good perspective. It's interesting too, that a lot of the people who I consider, you know, a scientist of some sort, they have that same viewpoint, which, which is really, it was baffling to me, I think the first time, but I remember another woman, she, she said like one of their mottos is to fail early and fail often, you know, to yeah. get to that solution. <laughs> Yeah. And I was like, oh, like actually that's a probably much healthier way of looking at even life in general and all that we go through is is not to avoid failure, but to like yeah. like let's you know bring it on, like let's figure it out so we can find the solutions.
0: For sure. and, and you know, fail early, fail often. You can't really identify success without first identifying failure, right? And yeah. it's that's like the whole crux of building a model. How do you find the, the good without also identifying the bad? So that's yes, very, very
1: important for doing well in this industry. Yeah. That's really, really interesting. I would love to end with what do you think are the most important elements of this job? And like, what does someone need to be successful? If there's like a few, three or four elements that you think are like so critical.
0: Attention to detail, for sure. The ability to think critically, that that's just going to be like a constant. You're always, always going to be needing to think critically, whether it's um, regarding an element of your model build or some red flag in your very first look at customer data, thinking critically is going to be hugely important. And then I think it's just constantly honing your skills. You can always, you can always, you know, improve. And knowing that and living in it can really make you successful here because the moment you kind of start to get comfortable is when you start to lose some of those skills. And uh, with the field that's constantly evolving and always innovating, you as well need to evolve and innovate along with it.
1: Yeah. It's, I, I mean, I think what you do is so cool, but also your skill set is so unique. And I really admire it because, you know, I like my background is in adult ed and training and we learn about sort of different tiers of thinking essentially. And so like a lot of what you do is literally at the highest level of thinking where, you know, the bottom is just memorization pretty much. And then, you know, it's like regurgitation. Well, I know that I can say the ABCs over because I've memorized it and I can regurgitate it. And then, you know, you sort of go up from there, where you get to like analyze, you know, analyzation. And then the very top is like creation and sort of the ability to, to create something from all the information that you're analyzing and synthesizing and all this stuff. And so you're doing that on a continual basis, which is, which is pretty amazing. And you're doing it in a field that's Also what you just said, constantly changing, constantly innovating. It's mind blowing for me to think about, honestly, the level to what you do. And also- what's possible, which is really cool because I, I think about two sort of extrapolating out from that, like what other ways could this kind of information be used? What kind of other skills, you know, and, and like companies and purposes could this be used for? And especially with women, like if women learn how to do this, what other areas can we apply it to? Because Absolutely. like you said, like women do think differently than than men do. It's so interesting to be able to sort of balance out what has been the male dominated field and mm-hmm. viewpoints, and then insert in some more women and see you know how how that changes and how it can
0: expand. Absolutely, and you know I've said it before. I think every company could use a data scientist. It, it's just the possibilities are endless and every company also too needs a female data scientist.
1: So (laughs) (laughs) I agree. (laughs) Take those math classes, ladies. (laughs) Right. I know. And you know what? It's fascinating after having interviewed you and other women who have these really cool jobs and some of which use all these skills that I never understood what I could do with them later. I think that I would have consider doing so much more. And I would have taken some of these classes that maybe weren't my strengths, but then I could have figured out because seeing what the future could be and seeing the opportunities is just like, so cool. And it's so important. So yes, like, I hope that if nothing else, women see you and, and, feel like there's so many cool opportunities in your field but just the idea of, of being in mathematics courses and in some of these other courses that sometimes we hear women aren't in as as much mm-hmm. <laughs> and looking at the options that exist because of those skill sets oh totally
0: and you know like I was in a similar boat when I was in school you know I I was always good at math but I was constantly like, when am I ever going to use this? Like, I could not see the possibilities that were there um, until literally my senior year of college, when (laughs) I found predictive statistics, econometrics, and just chased it. Yeah. So yeah, you know, I'm, I'm not that different from, from every other, you know, woman who has ambition, you just have to kind of find your talent and yeah. and grab it by the reins and never let go.
1: Yeah, I yeah. love that. And you know, it's interesting too that you found that in your senior year of <laughs> undergrad yeah. because I I think that's an important message too is that why I'm doing the podcast honestly is is to give examples of how some of these skill sets that we The opportunity sometimes to learn early on, but we don't always take it up or we don't understand how it can apply in the real world. Like, what are the jobs available? And that's exactly why I'm doing this podcast to give people real life, you know, women who exist who, who have taken something and run with it. That is awesome. And me
0: and my best friend, Grace, who's also in analytics at a different company, we dream about being able to bring more awareness in young children's or, you know, teenager lives about some of the potential there. You know, I think a lot of times you're just kind of spoon fed um, opportunities based on the, what you see around you. And there's so much more out there. One of our dreams is to be able to kind of fund a nonprofit and just travel and talk about it and tell people and help other women and try to get their foot in the door or yeah. whatever the case may be
1: that's yeah. amazing I love it well if you end up doing that with your friend you'll let me know I'll help I will I'll <laughs> add you to our email list yes I love it. <laughs> This is such an amazing conversation. And before we leave today, will you share a sentence with us that uses verbiage or jargon from your field? And then please translate it so it's understandable to us. Sure.
0: (laughs) So the best path forward would be a post-calibration multiplicative adjustment to the probability in order to adjust for fatigue. And that essentially means let's multiply people who have already been mailed by 0 in order for them to not be mailed again <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was such a good answer i love that so much because i sounded very complicated and i had no clue what you were saying so but it's like multiply by 0 and we're good <laughs> that's so funny so as not to double mail them <laughs> right makes so much sense.
0: (laughs) I mean, it could get a little more nuanced than that. It doesn't have to be zero, but
1: (laughs) yeah, no, I love that. That was such a good example. Well, Heidi, it was such a pleasure having you on. Thank you so much for explaining all about what you do and what the possibilities are in such a cool field that's expanding and needs more women. Yes. Thank you for having me, Julie. And if you have any uh,
0: listeners who email in feel free to give them my information. I'm happy to chat more. Um, yeah, whatever, whatever I can do to help.
1: I want to, I want to be there to help. So awesome. We'll do. So you, you heard that ladies, if you, <laughs> if you want to get into contact with Heidi, I'm happy to provide you that information. You can just yeah, message me through the website, womenwithcooljobs.com, or you can go to my Instagram at womencooljobs. Well, thank you so much, Heidi. This has been so much fun. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to women with cool jobs. I'll be releasing a new episode every two weeks. So make sure you hit that subscribe button. And if you loved the show, please give me a five star rating. Also, it would mean so much if you share this episode with someone you think you would love it or would find it inspirational. And lastly, Do you have ideas for future shows or do you know any rock star women with cool jobs? I would love to hear from you. You can email me at julie at womenwithcooljobs.com or you can find me on Instagram at womencooljobs. Again, that's womencooljobs. Thank you so much for listening and have an incredible day.